The Aberrant Report is a horror podcast, and thus may deal with triggering themes. This episode includes derealization, suicide, bugs, and skin. Thank you for listening. It's going to be called The Aberrant Report, I decided. I was working through a few names before going to sleep. The paranormal files sounded fancy, but I didn't have any files to read for the show. The aberrations was catchy, but I knew I wanted to center my reporting. So I settled on the aberrant report. As I wrote the title down in my journal, a little thing so sporadically and messily used, I had a grocery list from last week on the page before a creative writing assignment from last semester. My phone buzzed. It was a message from Xander telling me to meet him at 5pm after my shift at the diner. Xander had instructed Robbie to give me his number, and I planned on making him regret it. But for now, I was focused on the meeting tomorrow, where he was going to teach me magic. (sighs) I sighed before agreeing to the time. None of this felt real. How am I supposed to react? To vampires, aberrant hunters, water demons, and now witches? It's like I blink and suddenly my whole world view changes. I I accepted it readily only because to question everything, my past versus my perception would break me. And only now am I given the time for quiet contemplation, but my brain is just not equipped for that. The aberrations are out of sight so they aren't real. I clutch my tape close to my chest. I've been playing its contents over and over, but as soon as Blake stops talking, as soon as Veronica turns off my recorder, the events drift back into unreality. Perhaps it's a side effect of my ADHD? I hadn't taken my meds that morning, and even if I had, the stimulants would have been out of my system long before the time I was going to bed. Perhaps that's why I didn't notice the woods that had sprung up around me, and my room fading into the shrubs and trees until nothing remained. Now, as I say it, I see it. But my voice rambles on, untuned to my will. It is content to narrate my thoughts and the world I see. And as I say this, I panic. I I try to grasp at my vocal cords, forcing them to move to my own inhibitions. And finally, I am able to latch on, just barely. Just enough to scream. Hello again, listener, to my collection of tapes. I suppose now you know why it's called The Aberrant Report. It was supposed to be something more, something edited, but I can't do that now. The following clips may get a little personal. I could lie and say that the only reason I'm sharing them is because of my promise of transparency, that under other circumstances I would keep this close to my chest. But the weight of all of this has been pushing against my lungs since the moment it began. I think it's time to set them free, don't you? So welcome, listener. I am Jeannie Baisa, and you have been listening to what is left of the Aberrant Report. As the scream fades into the trees, the narration comes back. Where am I? I say under my breath. Hello? I continue, testing my voice. Trees. Sky. Uh, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Um, balls. Cock. Boobies. Fuck. Speaking is easy, I begin to realize. It's silence. That's hard. I don't have enough energy to combat this, so I let it continue. For now. 
I need to collect my bearings. I'm wearing what I was going to sleep in, my worn purple sweatshirt and pajama shorts. I don't have any shoes on, and as I take my first step, every twig and pebble is there to remind me. I wince. I clutch my tape recorder tight to my body. It is on, and I make no move to change that. Hello? I call out, louder now, hoping someone would respond. Nothing does. It is dark, and I am alone. Always remember you. I knew that was a lie. Time had made mine's enemy. Why should I even try? I'll be gone when mornings rot. I'll rot away with time as well. Then straight on to oblivion. A fate may be worse than hell. Aurora saddened by goodbye with absurd philosophy. Love is but in the moment, for in the moment I shall be. That one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of this creed, said the king, said the girl with the raven hair. The raven continued, we'll search for evermore. Wings spreading as they flew. McCartney's band was on the run. The raven ran too. Which was silly to do when it knew how to fly. The airplane over there. The girl found me. She knew my name and greeted. Cheers, Poppy. Where are we? I knew. Everyone knows your name, Aurora. Beautiful, but where? A hundred years went by, so the night was almost through. Alarms did sound across the land. I will always remember you. I knew that was a lie. Time had made mine's enemy. Why should I even try? I'll be gone when mornings rot. I'll rot away with time as well. Then straight on to oblivion. A fate may be worse than hell. Aurora saddened by goodbye with absurd philosophy. Love is but in the moment, for in the moment I shall be. That one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of this creed, said the king. Said the girl with the raven hair. The raven continued, we'll doing? search for evermore. Wings spreading as they flew, McCartney's band was on the run, the raven point? ran too, which was silly to do when it knew how to fly. The airplane over there, the girl found me, she knew my name and greeted, cheers Poppy, where are we? I knew. Everyone knows your name, Aurora. Beautiful, but where? A hundred years went by, so the night was almost true. Anyways, Alarms did sound across the land, okay? I will. What is the point? If you aren't real, I do not know how I can deal when life in sane and a bit swell doesn't last in even hell. I thought a moment, or guessed was she, and something wise she thought through me. Unreal to me, I'll live my life, cause moments, miss, are worth the strife. I told her this, tipping my hat, then one last blare, and that was that. <sighs> I'm finally able to stop. I don't know how long I had been repeating it as time escapes me in this place. What was that? A poem? I don't know where I heard it, I say. I wonder what this man finds strange when he himself is an enigma. I can hear you, you know. I'm aware, but I can't stop. Interesting. His eyes size me up, and I wonder how a man so scrawny was so strong. A cyan light catches my eye at the edge of his sock. It's just a little line, a crack in his skin. He looks down at his shin. Nor that. So I look toward his hands. One fiddles with the hem of his untucked polo. The other grasps a cane. I flinch as I remember where they carried me. The glass that latched into my hair, my clothes, my skin. It worked, didn't it? I don't know what he means. He frowns as I say this. Not that he was smiling before. I suspect he couldn't be older than twenty. I'm twenty-four. Sorry, I really can't help it. I know, but I wasn't expecting this. Does this have to do with 
whatever Veronica gave me in the hospital. It has to do with a lot of things. I want it to stop. It should, eventually. Miguel, what did you do to me? I go to lunge at him. But as I say it, he's able to block me with his cane. I'm helping you. It doesn't feel like it. I'm on the ground, and the pain shoots through my side. It's still not completely healed. In one swift motion, Miguel crouches down and just barely lifts my sweatshirt. Is it okay if I... He gestures toward my wound. I nod. I don't know why I'm letting him near me, why I'm not running. Here. This should help. His hand is cold against my skin, and I shiver. As I look up to his face, he starts to furrow his brows and lifts his hand away. I see that blue light again, snaking up his collarbone. Nothing's happening. What's supposed to happen? He seems to think for a moment. Magic, I suppose. Witchcraft? He shakes his head. Then what? Ask your boyfriend. My what? Xander. We are not dating. Holy shit, we're not <laughs> dating. He's very charming. I just figured... Doesn't matter. I misspoke. But he'd be better explaining it anyway. If I'm able to leave. We will be, when you wake up. Oh my gods, this is a dream? It feels so obvious once I say it. I'll admit, I didn't think something like this would happen. Not this soon. At first I thought it was a vision, but everything felt so real. So you're trapped here too. The light has reached his face. His cheek cracks like a porcelain doll, revealing that cyan underneath. What is that? The reason I'm so surprised to be here. I don't dream. With that, the cracks reach his sunglasses, and they fall to the forest floor, breaking. And I can see his eyes. The light from them is blinding. By the time I'm able to look away, two spots are carved into my retinas. And then he was gone. And I realized why I didn't push him away. This wasn't a dream. Not here, not now. There was only so much light my eyes could reach, and what lay beyond in those trees was a mystery. It could be mundane, like ticks and mosquitoes, or violence like wolves and bears, or paranormal, cryptids, demons. I pull the necklace I stole from below my shirt. My thumb rubs the pendant, finding the smooth curves of the abstract banana. Or... I could walk for miles and find absolutely nothing. I could be stuck here, in the dark, alone. This wasn't a dream. It was my worst nightmare. I wonder if this is how my mother felt. I pushed the thought aside as fast as it surfaced. I can't think about that. But when you don't want to think of an elephant, what else do you think? It was high school, senior year. Four weeks before the please... I don't know who I'm asking. Please make this stop. But I am met with silence. And with silence comes the memory. When I stepped off the bus that afternoon and I saw the panic in my father's eyes, I knew it happened again. Your mother hasn't texted me all day, he said. She could be busy, I suggest, holding out some shred of hope. No, he shook his head. She always texts me back. I rushed to the medicine cabinet and rifled through that mess. Junie, William. Junie, Junie, Ruth. I found it. My mother's depression medication. I checked the date. It was from a few months ago. My heart was thumping in my chest as it told me all I needed to know. It was full. 
I called out to my dad. She hasn't been taking her meds. Should we call the police? He asks. Is it too early? Oh, thank the gods. Did you call them? What? I turn to find a woman made of shadow. She is beautiful. The way a path you've worn with your own shoes is beautiful. The way lightning lighting up your childhood room during a dark storm is beautiful. She is heavy set, with curly black hair that framed her face. Her face. My mom's face. Mom? No. Just someone passing by. I shake my head, remembering that this is just a dream. None of this is real. If you say so. I do. You never answered my question. Did you call them? I don't want to tell you the story. But even as I fight it, the words just keep slipping out. 24 hours is a myth. You can report someone missing as soon as you know. And with my mom's history... What happened? I spent three days numb. Mourning the death of the woman that raised me. I'm... So sorry for your loss. She wasn't dead. She wasn't dead. She found her way home. Covered in ticks. My skin begins to itch. I look down, but there's nothing on me. Nothing I can see. Still, I can feel the legs of thousands of spiders on my own legs. The pinch of ticks burrowing their mouths into my flesh. I start to scratch. The bugs can't touch you. You're not... Really, here? I I can't help it. Back to the story, then. No, no, please. I don't want the woman that looks like my mother takes a step closer to me. A scythe appears in her hands. What are you doing? She flicks the weapon towards me. All I can do is close my eyes. The bugs stop crawling. I hesitate, but I look again at the woman. What was that? I can't hurt you. Not here. The bugs were easy enough to reap. You're a a reaper? Someone died in these woods. I came here to collect, but I ran into you. Oh my gods, did Miguel? No. No one by that name. I want you to finish your story. Why? Maybe you could tell me that. Continue your story. Please, I don't want... But the words keep coming. She was knocking on doors when they found her. She was looking for home. I'm ashamed to admit it, but I didn't visit her in the hospital for a few days. I was scared to see her, scared of the ticks on her skin, the bags under her eyes, everything. I wanted to pretend like none of this... I wanted to pretend like none of this happened. I wanted to stay numb. But my father pressured me to go to see her before surgery. And when I did, she looked like death. I suppose there's some irony in that. And when she saw me, she didn't exactly smile. My dad and her talked about random things, and I just held her hand. Anytime they tried to bring me into their conversation, my responses were curt, with just the nod of my head, but I held her hand. Eventually, she told me what happened. The hallucinations she saw in the woods. She heard my dad and I calling to her, leading her out. Not toward us. It wasn't magic or anything, but when she was dehydrated, hungry, tired, and just wanting to stop, rest, 
She heard our voices telling her to keep going. I'm not sure if she made it up, but it was nice to think about, my voice leading her home. And now you're lost in the woods. In a nightmare. And you're looking for a way home. Yes. Follow the voices. There are no voices. Nothing but you and me. There is a power in you, Junie. A very familiar one, actually. Am I an aberrant? Am I? I would assume you were something. Can I ask you a few questions? I suppose a trade is only fair. I will give you three questions for your troubles. Okay, well, first, why do you look like my mother? My visage changes to comfort those I greet. I'm assuming your mother and you are close. Somewhat. Well, you're close enough. How did you get here? How did you stumble upon me? I'll take those as one. My species, those left of us, tread in the space between reality and the powers. The powers? Not important. It seems important. It is not important right now. And I cannot stay here forever to explain. So listen to me, child. Reapers tread in the space between reality and the powers. So do dreams. And so you are here. I came to these woods to help rest a soul and heard you as I was passing by. You have one more question. Now, use it wisely. Give me a second. I'm not sure how to mash and what's their name into the question. Uh, whatever. My last question is, how did the person you're looking for die? She winks at me. Don't worry about it. It's simple enough. Their name is Reese Baker, and they were shot. Speaking of, I best be on my way to meet them. Re- wait, 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 Reese Baker? That's what I said. Now, take care, and don't forget to follow the voices. But they've been missing for- and she's gone. I'm alone again. There is nothing but me, my pajamas, the trees, and the dark. And... and my tape recorder. Wait a second, let me just... You got the tape recorder? This thing has to be older than I am, but I got it. Does it work? It seems to. Testing, testing. Do you hear that? Holy shit, do you hear that? I think the Reaper was right. The tape's there. They're playing somewhere. Um, this way. I think the sky is getting brighter. I, I think I'm close. I think... 
It's Sunday, 3.13 in the morning. I would say that was the most lucid dream I've ever had, but I... I checked the tapes. It's all there. Everything. Everything that happened tonight. I... I don't know what's going on. What was that? Hello? Hello? Oh, fuck no. Hey guys, it's Phoebe Mansour, writer, director, and producer of The Aberrant Report. I also play Jeannie Baisa. My co-stars for this episode are Neen, who plays Miguel, and Cecilia S., who plays the Reaper. More information is on our website, theaberrantreport.com, or deontological.com. We're going to take a break week, so I'll see you in two weeks. Have a wonderful day.